Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. Financial planning may not be something high on your priorities list right now, but there is honestly no better time than the present to start thinking about your finances and how to strengthen or protect your financial future. Joining me today to talk about this is Valkyrie Lang, Investment Advisor Representative at Chisholm Trail Financial Group, which is an independent financial planning firm in Austin, Texas. Val completely changed her career focus at 45 and shifted from her nationally certified green business that focused on skincare and aromatherapy to starting her own practice in the world of insurance and finance. One of the best things to come out of her first year in her new business was hosting the meeting place actually for the launch of Forward in Austin. And she has been a sponsor of Forward since 2015. So happy five-year anniversary. She was a three-time executive council qualifier for her work at New York Life and nationally recognized for her expertise in long-term care planning. Val is a frequent guest speaker at women's events on topics such as creating financial independence for women and healthcare planning in retirement. Her mission is to support entrepreneurs, especially women, in creating financial freedom, and she is a passionate advocate for educating women through the unique transitions they can face throughout their lives. So obviously, perfect person to be here talking with us about financial wisdom and just making sure that your financial future is good. So Val, thank you so much for joining me today, um, just so we can talk more about how to invest in yourself and how to plan for the future. Absolutely. My pleasure, Jordan. I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> well, I would love to start off by hearing what drew you to the world of financial planning, because like we mentioned earlier, you were doing something totally different. <laughs> so so what was the draw? Exactly. And actually, what happened is I wasn't drawn into it so much as it drew me into the world of financial planning. So I never thought that I would be working in finance, to be honest with you. I come from a creative background and I'm not a quote unquote math person, if you will. <laughs> so if you would have asked me 20 years ago, do you think that you'd be helping women with financial planning? I never would have guessed, but as we know, God has a plan. <laughs> so true. Now, financial planning and honestly, just money in general is going to look very, very different from woman to woman. So I would love to have you give us an overview of what financial planning can and should look like for a lot of women that are in the forward audience. You know, I'm thinking we have single listeners, married, working moms, divorced women, widowed, you know, what exactly would financial planning look like for everyone? Well, that's an interesting question, Jordan, because myself personally, I've experienced every single place that you have mentioned the transition that we go through. Not all of us, but most of us as women, I've been single, I've been married, I'm a working mom, I'm divorced and widowed. Mm. So I have personally experienced all these different life events or transitions so it's very important to me as an advocate for women, just to know that wherever we are in life, we don't know what the future holds. Mm -hmm. It's very important that we take the time to be actively involved in our financial planning, educate ourselves and become an active participant 
in that. So women go through many transitions in life, um, as you know. Um, not all of us are going to be parents. Not all of us may experience uh, widowhood. Um, interesting side note, do you know um, what the average age of widowhood in the U.S. is? I no. <laughs> I don't even know that I could guess. Uh, it's 59. Oh, wow. That surprises a lot of people. Yeah. Um, people tend to think that that's something that happens to women when they're older. Mm. Um, but we just don't know what the future holds. So it's very important that we're taking the time to create a solid foundation and being independent in our planning, um, having communication with, you know, your spouse, if you're married, you know, with your family, if you're combining finances and taking the time to really get clear on, you know, where we are and where we want to go. How important is it? I mean, I know you mentioned being open and, you know, active with your spouse and planning, but is financial planning for women, is it something that we should do independently or is this something that like our husband or our spouse should always be with us and like know what we're doing or should it almost be separate in any way? That's an interesting question. I would say both. Okay. And there's no right or wrong answer. Mm -hmm. Many couples find that they um, combine finances in unique ways. Some couples, for example, keep two separate checking accounts and do all their financial planning independently. Mm -hmm. um, that's an interesting conversation because I personally, as an advisor, don't think that is realistic yeah. in the long term. Yeah. But it's how a lot of couples start their relationship. Mm -hmm. Other couples find that they have two separate accounts and have a joint account, for example, for the bills. Yeah. Um, I know I, I've, I've talked to many couples where, you know, they can spend as much as they want up to $100 without consulting the other spouse, for example. So really, it's about having open communication and finding what works for you. What I find in working with women, especially high income earning women, mm -hmm. is that there is a naivete or unrealistic expectations surrounding just because you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so thinking you can, although my mission is creating financial independence for women, what I mean about that is you are responsible for your own self and do not give away your power. Mm. And by giving away your power, you're allowing another person to make all the financial decisions or you're choosing not to be an active participant in that. So for some women, that's very overwhelming, right? They Maybe they don't consider themselves a math person or they, uh, their role model uh, or, you know, their, their mother at home, for example, or nobody talked to them about those things. And now maybe that they're in a relationship or maybe they're a stay-at-home parent and don't feel like they have an equal voice. Mm. And so it's very important to have that 
open level of communication with your spouse and know what's going on, even if, you know, for example, you take time out of the workforce to, you know, raise your children. Um, You still need to know what's going on so you can maintain that sense of security and independence. Well, and I would love to know, you know, I know it's, it's, there's certain things where we separate it, like men deal with this, women deal with this. And it's kind of, you know, an ongoing thing that we talk about where like, does it have to be separated? Like, can't we just have financial planning? Like, what does it have to be financial planning for women, financial planning for men? But, you know, I would love to hear your opinion on, I mean, are there things that women solely deal with, I guess, or need to think about when they are financial planning? Um, that maybe men don't have to think about? Yes, absolutely. You brought up so many good points, Jordan, (laughs) is that as women, we have a lot of unique experiences and challenges just by the nature of being a woman. For example, as I just mentioned, we may take time out of the workforce to raise children. That by itself has consequences in that our social security benefit is potentially smaller later in life. Okay. We also have unique circumstances in that we live longer. There's longevity risk by nature. Women are more conservative. It's been shown um, in planning and spending have a more conservative nature, generally speaking than men who tend to be a bit riskier. Okay. Another thing I find interesting as a female in the world of finance is that it's my belief that, so I've read articles online that discuss how women are better advisors than men are. And it's because of the way that they communicate. Mm. So people tend to think that financial planning is just about numbers and spreadsheets. But actually, it's more conceptual. And as an advisor, I can tell you when I'm sitting down with a couple, typically they have two different approaches. Um, spenders tend to marry savers. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. And also women, especially now, um, as you know, women are earning more and becoming Um, you know, the high income earners in the family, in a lot of circumstances, they tend to be the ones that are what I call the financial manager of the family. So I even have instances where the man doesn't want to be involved. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to come to the meetings. He just wants the wife to take care of it, for example. So it's it's quite fascinating. Um, But when we, you know, combine our lives with other people, it's very important that we're continually communicating with them because things change, right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, that leads me to my next question. You know, you mentioned things change and we're all in different places. So I would love to know, I mean, obviously in a perfect world, there's some milestones that we would all love to hit. So, you know, I guess, could you walk us through maybe like, what are some financial milestones that we should all be striving for, you know, in our careers and our lives, um, you know, as we live out our days, <laughs> what will that mm-hmm. look like? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first milestone that 
most of us encounter is when we you know leave the nest and go out on our own and mm-hmm. then get a large dose of reality of how much life really costs. Yeah. <laughs> wake up. Yep. <laughs> the big wake up call. And unfortunately, our schools do not have, most of our schools don't have adequate education in place to help us understand simple things about like when I was young, how to balance a checkbook. Nobody does that anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or how to, you know, navigate uh, your employee benefit package, for example. So one of the the interesting uh, milestones that, you know, when we get our first, you know, quote unquote, you know, real job and going back to our benefit packages I find that most people don't understand the benefits that they have or not fully taking advantage of them. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to look at when you are investing in your employer's 401k, for example, if you're lucky enough to have that benefit, how much is your employer match? Are you maxing out that match? Cause that's basically free money, right? Do you have a after-tax option in that account, or do you just have a pre-tax option available? So by understanding these things, and you know, maybe that means you need to find an advisor that can help you navigate that world, but it's important that we, you know, we understand those benefits so we know what we have and we're, we're utilizing them to their, to their maximum advantage. Um, I'd love to share an example with you, Jordan, with something that uh, I find is fascinating. When most people understand the power of compound interest, they understand the importance of beginning to save and how important it is to start saving today, right? Because that's one of our initial milestones when we decide, oh, wow, it's time to do some adulting. I should have started saving money a long time ago and... (laughs) Uh oh. <laughs> right. We've all yeah, been I think, yeah. I think most of us get that that wake up call. Some of us earlier than than others, right? Mm-hmm. Um the the power of compound interest has has been called the eighth wonder of the world. Mm-hmm. And to understand how it works, I'd like to share with you an example of Susie and Mary. Susie started saving, investing at the age of 21, and she invested $2,400 every year for nine years until she was 30 years old and then never invested another dollar. Mm. So she, in total, invested $21,600, okay? Mm -hmm. And then that money sat in her investment account and compounded until the age of 67, okay? Which at that point, she ended up with two, basically $2.5 million, hmm. okay? A little over $2.5 million. So she was very diligent in her saving. Mary, in contrast, didn't start saving until she was 30. And she invested the same $2,400 every year But instead of doing that for just nine years, she did it from the time she was 30 
until the time she was 67 for 38 years. Mm. Can you guess, Jordan, how much do you think that Mary had at the end of 38 years of saving $2,400 every year? I'm going to say more, but I feel like it's a trick. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, Mary, after putting $91,200 into her investment account, as contrasted to the $21,600, only has $1,483,033 at 67 years old which is basically about a million dollars less than yeah. Susie. Yeah, that's, that's it's, it's a little, it's a little wake up call and highly motivating. <laughs> so, I mean, what did she do different? Like, was it a different type of account? No, the return is exactly the same. It's just the power of compound interest is that start saving now and start saving early. So even if you, and and this is something that, please share this with all your girlfriends. If you have a teenager that you love, a niece, a child, you know, uh, a nephew, um, somebody just out of college, the greatest gift that you can share is to start saving that early. So basically that $2,400 for Susie had more time to compound. And so over that course of time, even though no more money was put in at the same rate of return, ended up with a million more dollars in her retirement account. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Math people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in order to, you know, in order to save, we have to live beneath our means. And that's mm-hmm. something that's a lesson that a lot of us don't learn until later in life as well. Mm. You can't save if you're spending more than you earn. Right. Well, and I feel like this year, probably, we're all learning that, <laughs> that maybe we were not living beneath our means um, as much as we thought we were. Yeah, it's it's interesting. A lot of people, um, I've heard a lot of experiences from my clients, and I can tell you that out of all the all my clients I've spoken with the past seven months during this crazy time, the people that are the happiest with all the uncertainty going on are the people who had enough savings Mm -hmm. where their lifestyle wasn't disrupted. And they, that feeling of security that they had from doing their financial due diligence and not living in that survival mode, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, I mean, we can't talk about money or financial planning without, uh, you know, fully addressing that elephant in the room, which is COVID-19 and just what it's done to every aspect of our lives. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess in your opinion, how, how can you long-term plan when it feels like you're constantly in survival mode? Absolutely very challenging. I think that we need to, one of the blessings of the silver linings, if you will, of this time is that it's given us that base and bandwidth for a lot of people to think what's about what's really important in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we have that introspection 
it's allows us to find what's really important. And I think a lot of people have found that, you know, time with family, quiet time, these are really important and we need to make some massive changes in our lives, right? To, to feel more contentment at times when either life events has gotten things off track, things outside of our control. And so when we're in that survival mode, in order to move from that surviving to thriving, mm-hmm. the first step is really gaining clarity around where we are. Mm. For a lot of us, we're not exactly where we want to be. And we really need to unpack that. And there is no guilt or shame. What I tell people when we're sitting down for our first appointment is I have no judgment. I am not God. We (laughs) all have stories. And when you live long enough, you're going to have quite a few stories. So people will come to me many times, you know, embarrassed because they've gone through a divorce or, you know, that they've become widowed or they've had a child with special needs or, you know, they have $300,000 in student loan debt. Mm -hmm. And so how can we move from that survival mindset of living paycheck to paycheck or feeling like we're in this crazy time of transition to coming out in a thriving mindset where we feel more secure, right? And the first step in that is gaining clarity about where we are. We can't reverse engineer, if you will, where we want to go until we figure out where we are. And so that means sitting down and finding out where our money's going and coming up with a clear plan and designating an amount to save because that's where we get that financial security from, right? That, that cushion. I talked yeah. to a lot of my clients for many years about having three to six months of living expenses, you know, and that's, it's different for different people. And depending if you're combining finances and the benefits of your job, for example, there's a lot of solopreneurs and people that, that don't have, um, you know, ben- benefits. Right. So that's a different, but I had more phone calls during the past six months of people thanking me for sharing with them the importance of starting an emergency fund, for example. Mm -hmm. What I would love, and you can use me as an example, um, for someone who is in their like early thirties, um, let's say they've not ever really done financial planning. Where do they even start? I mean, at this point, is it too late? Do they have options? Um, I guess what would be your, like a couple steps, um, process and, and just thought process to, of like, how do you even get going with financial planning? Mm -hmm. The first step is deciding that you're ready to take action Mm -hmm. because we can make excuses, be embarrassed, you know, tell ourselves different stories. And a lot of us remain frozen because perhaps there's debt involved or shame, you know, due to a lack of of ignorance. Um, I had a absolutely beautiful client a few years ago, um, a nationally renowned uh, gospel singer. And it turned out her husband had a a gambling problem Mm. and 
spent down all their money and had taken out loans from loan sharks. Oh my goodness. Unbeknownst to her. And this was a lovely, a lovely Christian couple. Mm. And so she's basically starting over from scratch in her, in her thirties. And, you know, Mm. some of us haven't even started yet. So the first step is deciding to take action. And that may be reaching out to your friends or family members and seeing maybe if, if they work with a financial advisor, for example, and starting that conversation, getting referrals to somebody that you can trust and feel comfortable with. It could be setting aside a Saturday to gain clarity on your debts and the interest rates and commit to a payoff plan. It can mean committing to saving 10% of your income instead of saving nothing. Yeah. So there's little steps, but it's never too late to start, Jordan. I have people in their 50s that come and are absolutely overwhelmed. Think of it like a mountain. When we're going through our financial stages of life, typically we're accumulating, mm-hmm. which is our accumulation or our working phase in life. Okay, so we're we're going up the mountain and that pinnacle, if you will, the the summit of the mountain is, quote unquote, retirement. Mm -hmm. Nothing other than a time where we have enough money that our money is working for us instead of us working for our money. Yeah. So we have that dignity of discretion at that time to decide, do we want to keep working? Do we want to volunteer? Do we want to do mission trips every year for the rest of our lives? Right. And then we enter into that distribution phase. Mm. The longer that you wait to start making a plan, the steeper the slope is and the more uncomfortable it is. And the more you're going to have to save or the higher rate of return you're going to have to have. So it's, it's never too late. There's always something that we can do, but there's a danger, I, I think, in my opinion, of thinking that we can self-educate on absolutely everything um, because it's on the internet. And then we find out five years, 10 years, oh my goodness, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. And so that's why it's great to surround yourself with other advisors and create a team of people that you can trust that are going to give you advice because that is their profession and they do it every day. And that's going to help you achieve your goals and help give you accountability. Well, before we go, um, is there anything beyond what we've talked about that you would just love for us to take away from this conversation? I'd love for every woman listening to take away from this conversation that it's up to you Mm -hmm. to be an active participant in your planning. And by doing so, that will give you the dignity of discretion to where you can make choices later in life and not be dependent on your parents, your children, the government, another person. So, you know, money does not buy happiness. We know that. Mm-hmm. But what money does do is it gives us choices. Mm-hmm. And those choices allow us freedom 
And that's what ultimately brings us happiness. Mm. Well, we're glad you joined us for this conversation with Val about financial planning and how to do it in a way that works for you short-term and long-term. For more information about this episode, check out the episode page on our website, forwardwoman.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred listening platform and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We appreciate your feedback and want to make sure we continue to feature topics you're interested in hearing more about. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.